Say we get into the cage and, and through the security doors there and down the elevator we can't move and past the guards with the guns and into the vault we can't open. Without being seen by the cameras. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, well, say we do all that. Uh, we're just supposed to walk out of there with $150 million in cash on us without getting stopped? Yeah. Oh. Welcome to the Bagel Boys Show. This is a movie podcast that's not meant to be taken seriously. Seriously. We go through different miniseries covering five-year-old films, franchises, and finally, actors. This is an actor series on the films of... Brad Pitt. I'm so glad we got this new theme song because this is a cool movie. This has got a, good music. I like that we have good chill, music now. We've got a chill little bass line. This is Ooh. like... Ladies we're and driving. We're jiving. Ladies and gentlemen, we're driving. We got some We're driving? On. <laughs> yeah. I said we're jiving. Oh, yeah, we're, we're driving too. Oh. I don't know. I thought you were going to go in a bit of us driving in a car I was trying to play along. Nah. <laughs> uh, we're wearing sunglasses. We just got back from robbing a casino. This is bad, Bagel Boys. We made out with five whole dollars. <laughs> a scratch Ladies off ticket. And gentlemen, we only walked in with three. How about that? <laughs> I found I found a lot of quarters in the bottom of my dashboard. <laughs> Some lady left the cup by the slot machine. We just grabbed it and ran. <laughs> Biggest heist oh, 2020. Man. You know what? What's I up? miss movies. Dude, I miss movies too. <sighs> I I man. really want to go back to the movies. The last recent movie I saw was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> like the newest one? Yeah. Newest one I've seen is Palm Springs still. Oh, yeah. I saw Palm Springs. So that, that came out after yeah. Sonic. Like, what am I talking I mean, about? Sonic came out theatrically. So I'm yeah. not saying that Palm Springs doesn't count because I like the movie a lot. But mm-hmm. theatrical release, my last movie was The Way Back. I think we already talked about this. Wow. It's been so long that we've now talked about this twice on the show. But dude, I think why is that by the time this comes out, things might change. Our luck might change. Right now, we'll date the episode. It's said that Tenet, Christopher Nolan's new movie, is going to come out the end of August, early September, something like that, after being moved three times now. I'm and not I'm just, getting my hopes up, but... I'm getting my hopes all the way up. No, <laughs> I'm ready just, to be broken again. <laughs> you get let down again. Don't do it. I've already done it. What can you do? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> At least I get to spend the next month or so getting excited. Whether or not I'll be absolutely wrecked emotionally, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. We'll find out <laughs> if, if, like, the next three episodes I'm just... <laughs> A boring Eeyore wreck of a yeah. of a person. We we figured out what happened to Wes. So if it comes to theaters in Greenwood, but you have to wear a mask the whole time it's on, That's would you thing. would you watch it? If wearing masks, uh, I think I would. Yeah, because they'll they'll have different seats. And the thing oh. is, now with so many movies not coming out, it's gonna be like the only thing. So they'll be mm-hmm. able to just stuff it in every theater. And then have, like, every other row, like, cut off. Yeah. I mean, people are out in restaurants at this point. I think that's okay. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Right. It's only supposed to come to the cities. That's the thing. It's really locally based, too, for what I've heard. That <laughs> if, if, if we play our cards right, Indiana, we'll be okay. Don't screw this up. No. <laughs> Please. Please. Governor Holcomb, if you're listening. There's a lot of... Big important like life or death things happening out there in the world right now, but we really would just like to sit on our butts for two hours and just be blown away by some pictures on a screen. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I think it's hilarious that we put out a lunch special talking about all the movies we're most excited about. Uh, <laughs> that didn't age well it's at all. Completely useless now. <laughs> we'll have to redo it again. <laughs> when? Because we have well that I'm we gonna, just repeat the same movies we, next year, <laughs> at least this year. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going, yeah. It's but I mean today we're driving, driving, mm-hmm. driving our mini series to a new spot on the pit list. Ocean's Eleven. <sighs> Ocean's Eleven, Daniel. I love this movie. We, I think we like it. Oh, I love it. I might be indifferent on the people who don't like this movie. <laughs> because I really like the movie. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like it, you're an idiot. I think I'd... No, I, no, oh, no, 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 okay. I would be very concerned. I would oh. immediately check that person for a pulse because they might be dead <laughs> if you don't like this movie. <laughs> and if they are dying... I hate showing our hand too quickly. <laughs> if they're dying, I'm going to ask him, do you like this movie? And they say no. I'm not saving them. <laughs> I'm saying, you know what? You had your shot at life. You know what? Sorry. They're like, I haven't seen it. <laughs> they can't have a healthy opinion. They don't know. They haven't seen it. Well, it's been out for how long now? 20 years? 19. 19. They had their shot. Uh, <laughs> golly, Daniel. I love this movie. I'm sorry. Uh, came out 2001. Not far. Not Far After Snatch, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Uh, Steven Soderbergh, interesting guy. Wait, you're saying his name funny. Steven Soderbergh? Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Soderbergh? You're doing a Soder thing. Soder? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just Soder. I might Soderbergh. Be I, I like the guy. Yeah, we like him. Steven Soderbergh. Classy uh, director. Known for the Oceans movies, obviously. Uh, he's done a handful of different things. He's done The Informant. Good movie. He did the Contagion movie, which got really popular this year. Fantastic uh, movie, been... but don't watch it right now. Yeah. It's a little too real. It's a little too real. Logan Lucky, which is basically like the, the country western version NASCAR redneck Ocean's Eleven. Uh, Magic Mike. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> we did. <laughs> we've done some research on him. Uh, he also did the Netflix movie High Flying Bird, which is pretty good. It's mm-hmm. a basketball Shot in an movie. iPhone. Shot in an iPhone. He's done that a few times. He also made cool. Unsane, also shot in an iPhone. Really? Steven Soderbergh is... Ocean's is Eleven it, was shot in an Android. I thought it was a Blackberry. Yeah, your Palm <laughs> Pilot? <laughs> he does interesting things like that when it comes to his direction, just to... Not necessarily be on the cusp of technology, but is always looking for new ways to to shoot something. Not necessarily in a super stylized way, but kind of pushing the envelope of what the industry norm is, uh, if you want to say that. But yeah. Very slick director. All of his movies have got that like real... I don't know, slick is just the best word I can think of. They have a very... uh, I don't want to say the aesthetic of the movie. There's always like an interesting color palette that gets highlighted in the movie. It's a shiny... Shiny, lots of like orange, sunset orange, kind of like bronze tone uh-huh. throughout some of the movies. Yeah. Other movies, uh, more of a green, bluish kind of tinge on some of them. So what you're telling Very me is... tasteful, okay? You're telling I me like that there's watching. colors in his movies? I like seeing colorful pictures on the screen when I'm Pretty watching pictures. my... When I go to the movies. I'm like a really snobby. Person. Yeah, if you ever go, go to the... go to the motion pictures, I don't... This is like a weird Marlon Brando. <laughs> That's what I was kind of thinking. Uh, if you ever go to the movies with Wes, he keeps pointing at the screen goes, Pretty colors. And I have to say, Wes, shut up. See, my bit was I was way too sophisticated, but you made my oh. character a absolute dum-dum. You know, I keep ruining your bits lately. No. I it's just, it's... maybe I'm not, like, defined enough. I'm not no. letting them be read in the way I want them let's to Let's do be. it this way. Every time you have a bit that you want to do, let's pull up from the microphone and you gotta just explain it, it to me. you really quick. Five seconds. Hey, hey come on real. Hey, come, you just motion me over. Because <laughs> I keep I keep stepping on your toes and I'm legitimately sorry. Bad co-host. Bad co-host. I'm gonna cut all this. You're you are? Not, you, you have it. I think oh. this is Sleepy Daniel talking. Oh. I thought this was fun. <laughs> you can have your wrong opinion, Daniel. Yeah, have you seen the trailer for this movie? I love watching the trailers for these movies as they come out. No, I haven't. It's dude, thumbs up. Want to like, watch it right now? Sure. Great trailer. They yeah. it pulls off the vibe really well without giving you too much. Hits all the characters. Watch the trailer if you haven't seen the movie, or if you mm-hmm. haven't seen the movie, just a fun history dive with Wes. Speaking of history. Came out in 2001, which was a baller year for movies, Daniel. Wasn't there a Space Odyssey going on in 2001? Yes, in a way. <laughs> uh, this was Monsters, Inc. Mm-hmm. Monsters, Inc. year. 
little film called Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Donnie Darko. Lord of the Rings and the Fellowship of the Ring. Dude! Great stuff this year. Spirited Away? Yeah. Great movie. Love it. Training Day? Zoolander? Daniel, I think this might be the best year for movies. You're selling it to me. Oh, okay. Well, this... Shrek? Come on. No. Who doesn't love Shrek? No, I don't love Shrek. I just want to make it very clear that we're accepting open applications <laughs> for a new co-host in the show. It's not... It's I. This is the hill I'll die on. I'm sorry. I just didn't grow up with it, really. But, hey, everything else you listed, great year for movies. Shrek, what a weird movie, Shrek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Royal Tenenbaums, too. Yeah. The Princess Diaries? Oh, that uh, that's a classic. That's... Okay. Maybe we should change the miniseries in the episode. 2001 series? No, Princess Diaries miniseries. <laughs> <Just> two <laughs> movies. That's enough. Yeah, you're How right. much stuff gets left on the cutting room floor of this podcast? We could talk about those two movies for ages. We do six episodes each. <laughs> <laughs> on each one. Each movie, yeah. Each scene. <laughs> but no, I'm joking. We speak in jest. Little jesters, the two of us. This is an actor's miniseries on the films of Brad Pitt. That's what we're here for. That's what we've been doing, making our way through the pit list. Oh, Guys, yeah. come on. Get that's with it. That's what we're doing. Get with the pit list. Hope you've been watching along. Uh, if you haven't, because the first two movies were, albeit, Fight Club's a, an acquired taste, if you will, an acquired mm, mood. Yeah. Snatches, you know, it might be hard to find or find it located. It might not be the thing for everyone, but two great movies kind of kicking off. Brad's coming back in with another banger. We got Ocean's Eleven here we're talking about, dude. This is just bad boy Brad. This is like the cool, sophisticated, Soderberghized Brad Pitt that you just love. He just... Kicked off the genre of movies. Yes. The heist movies. Which, by the way, I will say, heist movies for me, uh, if my bias is showing throughout this film... I don't care <laughs> because I love heist movies. Mm-hmm. Baby Driver is like more recently one of my favorite heist movies. Yeah. My probably favorite film of all time, The Real Hill I Would Die On, Christopher Nolan's 2010 masterpiece, Inception. <laughs> what a heist movie. What a heist. Yeah. A dream heist movie. Dream, dude, when they start putting stuff in with Baby Driver, it's cars and music. And then Inception is dreams. If you're getting like stuff going on in your heist movies, that's like the hook for me. I'm like, oh, they're doing what now? <laughs> they're gonna steal what? <laughs> what in someone's <laughs> mind? And you're gonna what? break in and steal their secrets? Oh man! And West, they're not only robbing from one casino in this movie; they're robbing from three, three casinos, three casinos in one, one night. movie. Eleven guys, one Brad. To rule them all. One Brad. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I don't want any other Brad in them in my movies. No. No. Can't even think of it. I want this Rusty Ryan. Is that Ryan? Rust, right? Rusty I'm Ryan is no, 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 no. Ryan, yeah, Rusty yep. Ryan is like the character once again without like the nastiness from Fight Club or like you know the terrorism he brings. Rusty Ryan is what every person wants to be. You know? Yes. Like, he's like if Tyler Durden was a good person. He's like basically. if every person could achieve all the goals they wanted to in life. Yeah. <laughs> in this movie, it's like, okay, his pulse is low all the time. He's he's going to get the job done. He's the pro. He's a yes. pro. He's labeled as a pro. In the heist movies, there's breakdowns, okay? There's like the planner, the pro, the the basher, the driver, the the guy in the chair, if you will, the tech IT guy. There's a lot. Brad is a pro. He falls right yes. into that category, and he big thumbs up in that in that uh, realm of of uh, heist movie tropes, if you want to say. I said something incredibly stupid. What did you say? I said if Tyler Durden was a good guy, yeah. this guy's a thief. But he's cool though. <laughs> he's cool. He's so You're right. Cool. You're right. He's so cool, Daniel. My mind has been changed. You're right. But he's cool. Yes. Not bad. He can steal whatever he wants. <laughs> Dude, he can come in my house and take everything I have, and I'd be like. Awesome. Can I hang out with you, please, for five minutes? He can't, though. He's busy. No. He's robbing three casinos. Three casinos. So He's got cool. that tattoo sleeve going up his hand. Yeah? Yeah, check that out, man. Well, we're going to check out this movie really quick, oh, guys. Yeah. But before we get too far into it, 
We gotta play. We gotta play the tomato meter game. Yeah, we know this. As fast paced, witty, and entertaining as it, the start. I need to reread this. That's Hold fine. On. As fast paced, witty, and entertaining as it. Uh, That's right. Third time's the charm. You got. Yeah, this. I got this one. Right. Reading is hard. As fast paced, witty, and entertaining as it is, star studded, coolestly. <laughs> Come on, Wes. Sound as, it out. <laughs> as fast paced, witty, and entertaining as is star studded and coolly stylish, Ocean's Eleven offers a well seasoned serving of popcorn entertainment. Wow, that was hard to get You're through. sweating. <laughs> you so look so much. nervous reading I'm that. Like, I don't, golly. There's, again, it's back to the why use 10 words when we can make it 50. Like, I know they want to be descriptive, yes. but. The one I want to hit on is popcorn entertainment. Absolutely. This is a popcorn movie if I've ever seen one. And I've seen a lot of movies, Daniel. This is pure Hollywood fun. Movie actors, movie stars at the height of their fame. Coming in. Coming in. Like, hey, let's make a movie. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? (laughs) (laughs) It is. Heist, man. Uh, tomatoes. Tomatoes. Get into both it. fresh, obviously. Yeah, uh, they better be. Go for the critics first. Go for gold. Go for gold. Uh, solid eighty-seven. Close eighty-two. Really? Mm-hmm. Audience score. Oh, that's got to be a ninety, right? Eighty. What? Yeah. You're kidding me. This is another one where, finally, I don't know what was going on in the early two thousands, but we talked about this on our Spider-Man mini series. This one has thirty-two. A million user submitted ratings, which is finally back up there because I think Spider-Man had an insane amount as well. And every other movie we've come across on here is like in the hundred thousands or the low mm-hmm. millions. This one's got 32 million wow. uh, ratings. So I think that has something to do with it being a little lower than you'd expect. But who who's out there not liking Ocean's Eleven? I don't want to be that person. How can you not have fun with Ocean's Eleven? I know. It's it's hard not to like this movie. So, you've got Danny Ocean, played by George Clooney. He's in prison. He's estranged from his wife. Gets the divorce papers on the last day in the clink. Gets out. And he's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to rob three casinos. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? As one does. And I'm sitting there in my seat like, yes, please. Yes, George Clooney. That would be cool. Make it happen, Captain. <laughs> please. And he makes it happen. This is the thing about heist movies, Daniel. What's up? And most people at home. Some of you guys already know this, but I'm going to go into my whole heist spiel at least 17 times in the rest of this episode. So <laughs> buckle your seatbelts uh, because it's safe and I want you guys to be safe. And this is, of course, a jiving and driving episode of The Big Boy Show. <laughs> okay, so heist movies. They represent so much of making movies. What I mean by that is you've got the director... You've got the actors, you've got the writers, you've got the cinematographers, you've got the all the different aspects of making a movie. The template is there to be applied to ice movies. Inception does this to the extreme as far as far following that formula, I yeah. guess, because you literally have a guy, uh, Christopher Nolan, saying that the whole goal is to get home to his kids, and what's Leonardo DiCaprio doing but trying to get home to his kids after finally completing one last project that he's getting all these people to work with in here. Right. Inception, I feel like, even though it's a completely different movie, uh, Baby Driver as well, I think heist movies have Ocean's Eleven to thank for a lot of stuff. Because even though Ocean's Eleven might seem kind of paint-by-numbers, it's definitely not. Because it was, there's obviously a lot of other heist movies, ones that have come out before it as well. But this one, being a remake, I will say, is like... A perfect example of a remake done well because I don't know if you've seen any of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. I've seen some of the I've original. Seen it. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. A snooze fest. All it's they not good. all it is is they these guys get together, try to act kind of cool and big big shotish, and then try uh-huh. to rob a bank. They make a reference to it slightly with Matt Damon's character in this movie where he's like, "Oh, it's a smash and grab job." Uh-huh. That's a smash and grab job is the original Ocean's 11 where they go in, they rob the place and they're trying to get out. That's it. This mm-hmm. one's a lot more intricate. It's a lot more stylized. It's freaking cool, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, like you said about the original. No, don't go out and watch the original. It's the snooze fest. 
But I think it is kind of cool to think about, like, this is 2001's version of, like, the coolest guys they could find. Oh, yeah. Just like in the 60s, you had Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford. Those were, like, the four coolest guys. Yeah. It's like nowadays, the Rat Pack, it's yeah. 2001, it's, who's the coolest guys? You got George Clooney, yeah, Brad got Brad Pitt, Pitt Matt, Matt Damon, Damon, up and coming Matt Damon. Julie Roberts, Bernie Mac, Elliot Gould, Carl, <sighs> Carl Reiner, John Cheadle, Casey not, Affleck. Yeah. Maybe he's, I don't know. But, you know, hey, he's there. <laughs> yeah. Which is I will say, I'm a big fan of actors working today. Don't. You already know what I'm saying. What? I talked about it on our last episode with the Disney remakes. Do not re-remake Ocean's Eleven. You can't get any cooler than this is cool. And I don't necessarily have a problem with Ocean's Eight, because I feel like that was its own thing. Even though it was still a heist movie, Mm -hmm. I know it wasn't as successful as this one was, obviously, but... It didn't try to be the same exact it's not. thing. You it, it, have you seen like, it? It's I saw it one time, and I don't remember yeah. it as much. I remember I didn't like the twist in it too much, but that that's just a whole other thing. Yeah, that one to me it didn't was, work for me as much. That one to me was we kind of talked about this earlier. They were like, let's find every single super famous person we can put them in a movie. Whereas in Ocean's Eleven, you got four big stars, and the rest are nice little side characters. Yeah, because Rihanna's in that movie, right? Rihanna, Mindy Kaling, Helena Bonham Carter, Kate Blanchett. The thing I will say, though, I'm not opposed to them making a sequel to that necessarily. I'm really not. Yeah. Uh, Well, their plan is to do 9 and 10. 9 and 10, yeah. Really? Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so just please don't try to put in, you know, a Chris Pratt and Ryan Gosling, Ocean's Eleven, as cool as those guys are. It's just, don't touch it, please. Yeah. Pretty please. It's an overstuffed burrito at that point. You you don't want your burrito falling apart. Dude, those guys at Chipotle are putting in work when you come in. You're like, I want the chicken, Mm -hmm. the guacamole. Yes, I know it's extra. I want loads of cheese. I want the pico. I want the melted cheese on top of the other cheese I already put on it. I want the beans. I want the rice. I want the peppers. I want the cilantro on top and inside the burrito. Mm-hmm. Want an extra tortilla in case I get a little, a little messy boy, okay? <laughs> you can't just do that with movies. Movies are not a burrito cuz then yeah. you're just you're not left over with leftover mess that you can eat. You're just left with a leftover movie and it's just not good. <laughs> if you take nothing away from this episode everyone. Remember Movies are not burritos. Wesley said it. Uh, thank you. We're yes. film enthusiasts and philosophers on this yes. show. The highest quality of film criticism you're ever going to get. I think, therefore, I am burrito. All right, so Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Pitt. Let's talk about him. Pit stop. Doing a quick pit stop. Doing a quick pit stop. He was in one movie in between uh, Snatch Se- and this. Seven Years in Tibet? Am I right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spy game, okay. right? There's well, there's another one, I think, called The Mexican. I didn't even recognize that one, so okay. I was like... He's been in a few other things, but nothing super notable. Uh, Spy Game was a Tony Scott movie. Mm-hmm. Top Gun, if you don't know. No, oh, like, he directed really Top Gun? Cool I've seen every single second of that movie. Yes, you have. So proud of you. Um, but yeah, so Brad, Brad, you know, not has been lying low. It's only been a year. So he ends Snatch, a smaller British movie, and then just comes out and is like, hey, that small stuff was fun, but how about we rob three casinos with George Clooney and we just are super, super cool. How, how about, about that? It? How about that? I would say, overall, our our boy has been set up so well in the start of this miniseries. Uh, and again, we've handpicked these because we like them, obviously, or we at least thought it would be nice to talk about them. But more importantly, uh, it's hard to it's hard to make a Brad Pitt miniseries without Ocean's Eleven. So mm-hmm. bear with us. We'll get to hating on stuff later on in the series. But for now, it's too much enjoy, to love. Be, it's it's time to be happy. Okay, we miss movies. Mm-hmm. We miss the popcorn. So what better way to get in the popcorn mood than than this? Yes. Right, guys? Preach it to the choir, man. Uh, let's just... This movie doesn't waste any time. I don't want to waste any more time. You know, it, it, it comes it, the, out... In the, it, one of the best paced movies I've ever seen. It's insanely well paced. The way the editing is done is phenomenal. The fact that you don't... You are with these characters every step of the way mm-hmm. in their planning process. And you, it's, you know enough, but not too much. The movie holds like a well-played game of poker... Just yes. knows when to play its hand, and, and in such an entertaining way. Uh, 
big big clapping. I would clap into the big mic, clapping. Like, big clap. Like you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's yeah. not a golf. Oh, clap. I know it's what not, you're talking it's about. It's not a loud clap. It's a big clap. Like I'm waving my the wingspan. Oh, yeah. Clap. Just, yeah. This is Drake on the like side of the basketball game getting up and going. <laughs> this is LeBron watching little Bronny Junior. Duncan <laughs> in high school. That's what this is. <laughs> big big pop of energy. Okay. <laughs> That's a hockey reference. So, yeah, I mean, let's just dive in and talk about Brad, how we feel no. about him. No? Mm-mm. Can we not? No, we can't. Why not? We're not done talking about how, how jiving this movie is like us. Okay, fine. It's jiving. This is one of the most rewatchable <laughs> movies I've ever seen. I think I've seen this probably eight times. The, and I'm, I'm ready to watch it again. We kind of talked about this on other episodes, but the way some movies have like certain pieces that work and other pieces that don't, this movie just kind of comes together like the team in the movie, in mm-hmm. every part of the movie, whether it's the music, the editing, the way it's shot, the characters, the the script, all of that stuff knows its role and plays it out perfectly in this movie. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite, more subtle things in the movie is like at the very beginning when uh, Ryan and Danny, Brad and George, you know, their characters meet mm-hmm. up and they're in that bar with the other like C-list celebrities and Brad's trying to teach them <laughs> poker and they basically con them out of money because they're, yes. he's like, oh, he's bluffing, you know. And they all, like, call it, and he has a great hand, and they just steal all these celebrities' money, <laughs> uh, including Topher Grace. Yeah, poor Topher. Edward Brock Jr., sir. <laughs> he's back. Brock. He's gotta trash. you got to talk Edward Brock <laughs> You're trash, Brock. You're trash, Brock. He's trash at poker. He, he is trash. Play. But, I mean, let's be honest here. If we were playing poker against George Clooney and Brad Pitt, like, I've played my fair share of poker, but... Dude, he got those steely blue eyes looking at you. I would be like, take my money. <laughs> Fine. Fine, you're too cool, you win. I almost thought you were going to say, take me home. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, no one would blame you. <laughs> the The setting is really well done because they're, like, there's a lot of movies that are set in, like, you know, there's a place where things are going to go down where the action and plot MacDuffin, whatever, is in the movie, and then the rest of it is set in, like, a warehouse. This one is set in a warehouse, but it, it's done in such an entertaining way where I'm like, I'm not really bored. Yeah. They're kind of planning. Everyone's always doing something interesting as the movie goes along, and I think that's why there's not a lot of... Uh, explanation that's unnecessary. So they're keeping you clued in on what they're about to do and how they're going to kind of do it. But yeah. the, they leave out a lot of key details. So when they talk and they the characters are given their chance to uh you know, have their character moments whether it be jokes or little banter bits, this movie's got a lot of banter and it's supremely entertaining throughout because no one nothing no one overstays their welcome. Uh-huh. Similarly to Snatch where you've got this stuffed cast of characters no one steps on each other's toes they're like excuse me sir pardon me here you go here's your moment on screen for the movie very polite very sleek very gentlemanly oops a daisy did i step on your toe that's bernie max line in the movie (laughs) (laughs) so okay we can talk about brad now Uh, if i haven't mentioned enough how cool and sleek this movie is we can start talking can we give him the first can we give him the first one the one that we haven't said before. You uh, know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh, oh. Of course, our Brad ranking list. You yes. mean at the very bottom there's the pits, and then of course there's Bad Brad, and then there's Tad Brad, Rad Brad, and then there's Brad to the Bone. Yeah. You think, oh, you want to pull the trigger. I want to pull that trigger and give this man... Ladies and gentlemen, he is... A Brad, Brad to, to the, the Bone. bone. <laughs> it's... He's such a pro. And yeah. like I said, this character... <laughs> like like how how did like it's funny because you like legitimately care about him but you yeah. don't really know anything about him the you whole don't. movie he's a mystery and you kind of don't want to know and that's almost you don't want to know yeah, that's yeah, almost that's the flaws of oceans 12 and 13 is they try to give him a backstory with Catherine Zeta jones i'm like i don't really need that i just want rusty ryan coming in being a pro getting people to join in the heist i'm like, and he's I'm sold. not he's not playing himself in a way we'll get on to that later in other movies yeah. he but it's like the director steven soderbergh and he knows when he's making this movie that you've got all these stars but i'm explicitly going to make sure that brad is the coolest because he is and so we'll just <laughs> let him be the coolest he doesn't have to you know do anything it's you know encapsulated really well especially in the scenes where he's like 
instructing Matt Damon's character on how to I you know that. pull off this heist. Don't look up. Don't look down. Don't look down. <laughs> it's like if you look down, they know you're, you're lying. lying. If you look up, they know you don't know the truth. It's it's fan freaking tastic. I would have him teach me anything. It's like, is there a pottery class with Rusty <laughs> Ryan? Sure, absolutely. I'm signing up day one. <laughs> Old time pottery. <laughs> Old time pottery with Rusty Ryan. He'd make it so cool. The uh, the other thing about him. I want to say before we get into the other categories, because he is Brad to the bone. He <laughs> has such good chemistry with George Clooney. So as much as we're praising Brad, mm-hmm. I want to give credit where credit is due to George as well, where they immediately start off the movie. He's the first one he visits, mm-hmm. and that chemistry is just there. They don't have to work for it at all. And I feel like if this, we talked about it, if this movie was remade, there would not be that same level of, you know, fluidity between yeah. the characters where it feels like these guys have been friends before. They've done jobs together in the past. Yeah. They're going on this heist he's in from the get-go. One of my favorite scenes is when they're looking at the blueprints in the building and George Clooney kind of, he's like, or Brad Pitt asks George Clooney, like, why are we doing this? Why here? Why now? And he goes, <laughs> he gives us like mini speech and Brad's just like, we're practicing, <laughs> like, we're yeah. practicing that speech. Yeah, they... He's like, do you feel like I rested? Yeah, feel like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Their, their banter throughout the movie is is something that's really well done. The script is really smart. <laughs> the way we stumbled over that, I'm just imagining me and you <laughs> playing in Ocean's Eleven as George and Brad's character. That would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Supporting distracting. I'll be bad at poker here. I'm not going to try to bluff. No. Supporting all the ways. So There's not just, a bad performance. There's really not. And so I want to go through this cast list and just kind of give our highlights from that specific character because all of them have such great moments throughout the movie. Yeah, let's talk Let's talk more George Clooney. More, Danny Ocean, the titular Ocean yes. in Ocean's Eleven. What, what can we say that hasn't already been said in, in the essence where George Clooney, obviously, similar to Brad, where he's this massive superstar, and we've... Yep. People have talked about him a lot. He's put been in a lot of movies. It's this movie where, similar to Brad, that he's well put in the movie to the point where he is the one you care about. I'm glad he's the one who got the backstory of like his wife, Julia Roberts. Yes. And just the, the emotional connection we can gain from him. Even though he's this con man that most of us might not relate to on the day-to-day, they do a really good job with this character being able to Make us root for this guy, even he's though he's trying to get back at a trying to get yeah, back on his feet. The douchebag, right? Yeah, exactly. And so you immediately, you know, want to be like, "Hey, I'm on board with this guy." He's telling me we're gonna rob not one, not two, but three casinos. I'm on board. He's believable. Yep. He sells and pitches things very well. Could be a great salesman, that George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he his character in this reminds me a lot of. Uh, Mr. Fox from Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's yeah, kind of kinda, funny. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Yeah. Those slick, you know, thieves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be a movie. What a crossover. Dude, that's one. I want to stop motion Ocean's Eleven. That'd be the only thing I'm okay with. With the same cast? Uh, you well, could change it up a little bit. Just make sure George is in it. Replace all of them with Steve Buscemi. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Matt Damon as Lance Caldwell. Yeah, this Linus this is, is up great. and coming. This Matt is and Damon, came, which is cool. But this is like well, right up and coming the, action. Matt up, Damon. Yeah, because he was he was in uh, Goodwill Hunting prior to this, and then like filming some of the Bourne ones during this. And so this Talented is like Mr. Ripley was before this right. too. So when you watch this nowadays, obviously Matt Damon is is super established. But I love the fact that he's the the new guy. Of the crew, the rookie, if you will, which again, mm-hmm. all heist movies have a rookie. He got to. He's kind of the surrogate to the mm-hmm. audience surrogate. Yeah. Like, and he's good at what he does. He's not yeah. completely helpless. That's the thing. They bring him in and intentionally, where you know he's like, "Hey, you think we need one more?" What a great line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have Rusty Ryan says nothing. Danny Ocean's like, "You think we need one more? All right, we'll get one more," and then just cut to you know Chicago where he's at. Yeah, pickpocketing people. He's great. Uh, seeing his frustration and nervousness leads and builds into the tension so well. His character adds a lot to the movie. There's other yeah. characters in the 11 that we'll talk about that add to that, but 
with Brad's character, you know, it's like, okay, he's not messing up. He's not messing around. He's a professional. With Danny Ocean, George Clooney, it's like, okay, he's kind of the the emotional stakes behind here. He's obviously been through the ring right. a few times. With Matt Damon as Linus, you get a lot of these moments where you know he's good at what he has done, but he hasn't robbed this this amount before or even attempted it. And in that scene where they're you know talking about stuff as they're planning it, he's clearly not in over his head, but... You know, he's the one who's we kind of connected with the most. That's surprised at how in depth the security is at the casino. Right. It's great. Yeah. The line, not a line. The scene that always makes me cringe with Matt Damon is when he's pretending to be the the uh, gaming. What do you call commissioner, it? Commissioner. Yeah, gaming commissioner. Yeah, yeah. And he's talking to Bernie Mac's performance and uh, <laughs> Andy Garcia's like, maybe we should take this off the floor. I always cringe because I'm like, Oof, yeah. <laughs> and they rookie mistake. What's funny though is. He's doing exactly what they instructed him to do, where it's like you need to be memorable, but he needs to forget you as soon as you walk away. Yeah. And so that way he can yeah. distract Andy Garcia's character throughout the, you know, while the heist is going on, mm-hmm. essentially. I think Great one job. of the best parts of the movie is Matt Damon and Bernie Mac scene where he calls him a cracker and they like go back and forth. He's Bernie Max just messing with them, and Matt Damon looks so flustered. Right, because they're right. on the same team. Yeah. Bernie Mac knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's just busting his balls. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Andy Garcia as Terry Benedict. By the way, the names of the characters in this movie, this one is spot on. Terry Benedict, you just oh. hear the name and you're like, Demands respect. It's like Lord Farquaad. You're like, you're <laughs> like, yeah. No, it's not. You're like, oh, this guy's awful. I don't even know him, but I know his name is Terry Benedict, and I hate him. I hate his guts. What a great <laughs> villain name. And he's not some mustache twirling villain. No, the way he's not. Andy Garcia walks, the dude like practiced this walk, like in between shooting months, mm-hmm. to make sure he gets like this character down of someone who is like really like into and overseeing uh like the eye in the sky is the the owner of the casino to yeah. make sure that everything's running on tip top shape uh julia roberts makes a reference to it where she says uh you were 30 seconds late i almost like called the police or something and then uh-huh. you know that he does he's not there when she says that but he's very punctual always making sure that everything is lined up perfectly and so just that level of like control most people are going to be put off by because he obviously values that above all else. Yeah. Uh, He's not extremely rude or mean towards his employees either. So I like that they didn't overdo it, but you were clearly set up to be against this guy, and they do that very well. You knew from the get-go that Mm -hmm. this guy was no good. No good, very bad. Yes. Stop it. (laughs) Stop dating (laughs) my ex-wife, Julia Roberts. (laughs) former wife i'm not the biggest andy garcia to, fan too no no say. same yeah uh but he sells it he's he, uh dude he's, selling he's a bad it. dude he is a bad man I, I personally would not want to rob from him no that's the thing he <laughs> he not only gets the the villain aspect of it but the intimidation side of it too where it's like okay yeah yeah no i don't want to mess with him he means business this is a businessman all business yeah. Uh, that scene where he's on the phone with Brad Pitt at the end, and Brad's like, "Do you want us to walk out with eight million, and you keep the eight million, or we blow it all up?" And you just see Andy just like you see that just, vein in his oh, he's eye. About he's to about just to lose explode. it. He's doing that math in his head. He's like, well, "He's got a point. <laughs> Do I want what, to have no what, money or half the money?" What if he got out a calculator into <laughs> well, sixteen minus eight? Sixteen minus eight million leaves me. Oh, that's half the money. No. That'd be me. I'd be like, yeah. oh no, he's got my money. Oh, dang it. Rusty Ryan. Yeah. Julia Roberts is Tess Ocean. Tess Ocean. Tess, so subtly, like, this is like, I think was supposed to be a cameo. Oh, I remember really? her a lot. She's not in the movie a lot, but when you think back on the movie, she's like a big player because she's not necessarily a damsel in distress. She has every right no. to be pissed at Danny Ocean, but. He obviously, you know, Danny knows something that she doesn't with how Terry Benedict is. And obviously the rest of the audience does too because his name is Terry Benedict. Exactly. But she's not, she's doing her own thing throughout most of it. But she catches on very quickly that something is up where Terry doesn't, but also, uh, you know, 
the rest of the security doesn't either. And so she right. she kind of catches on to what's going on when the rest of these guys probably should have known something. My favorite part is, or one of my favorite parts is towards the end of the heist where Brad's on the phone, like you said, talking to Terry. Mm-hmm. And she comes up and Brad kind of takes a pause and just continues with his threat about the money, even though he's just in the middle of the, the casino I wrote floor. that down, exactly. Yeah. When he finishes the phone call, he immediately just goes, hi. Hi, Tess. <laughs> just seamlessly, <laughs> hi, Tess. <laughs> yeah. uh, she has a great line, too, where uh, Danny Ocean says, does he make you laugh? And she said, he doesn't make me cry. Uh, good great line. line. Great line. Great line. And they end up together in the end, they which do. is sweet. They I do. buy them as a couple, like an established couple, because obviously it's some, a couple who's been married and they've fallen out of love. Obviously, Danny was in prison for whatever yeah. reason, so there's some history there. They play a couple well with history, yeah. you know? And that's perhaps the biggest twist of the movie. Not only do they steal from the banks, from the casinos, they steal my heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Daniel. Bernie Mac as Frank. R.I.P. Bernie Mac, R.I.P. by the way. R.I.P. to the burn. He's so funny. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, the- I, I love it where he's faking that cough to get transferred mm-hmm. to Las Vegas. And you see him in the car in the big he's cheesy so grin happy. in the backseat. He's ready to go. He's ready to be a part oh, of the heist. He was ready. ready to get out of there. Oh, he yeah. was jiving and driving, Daniel. He was j- <laughs> <laughs> The most jivingest performance in this movie? Yeah, I would say oh, yeah. so. He's And that's the thing. None, no two characters feel the same. I think that's another yep. thing if it was remade. You'd get like these characters copying on top of each other after a while. This movie, no. No one feels like a copycat of the other characters that have come before it. But yeah, big thumbs up for Bernie. Uh, Elliot Gould as Ruben. He's, he, what a, okay, by the way, what an ass. Absolute ass. But he's a lovable ass. I love him, though. He's got the best, he's like the financier, he's the backer. He's the one who's going to foot the bill for this heist to get everybody yes. there, get the like the airfare taken care of, make sure all the equipment's and all the checks, the checks, <laughs> the balancing book is in check. Yeah, he's out for revenge, too, because oh, Terry soon, screwed him over. Yes, because yeah. he's a bad guy yeah. with a name like but Terry Benedict. I love that whole montage of him talking about the three times that they like people have attempted to rob the casino. Right. And each time, oh, man, each time it's like best. 70s, 80s, and 90s, and they have like a different song for uh, each time mm-hmm. and that's i love that well he's just directed, acting like yeah. it's the most ridiculous plot and then the, he's he's in like mm-hmm. you know like. he he is the uh the other thing i like about him the best line is when he's talking to matt damon's character linus and he's like oh your father was who oh that's cool get in the damn house yeah <laughs> get in there kid like yeah. you're not you're not halfway and you're not halfway out you're a part of this like you know what's going on i'm not messing around right here. <laughs> he's great I, I think of Mr. Giller whenever I see this guy. Me too, a little yeah. bit. But this this one, he's upplayed to, like, if Mr. Geller was, a, like, a high roller. It's basically <laughs> that, which is great. Carl Reiner plays Saul. Dude, he's God in my... Him. I love Carl Reiner's movie, and he just passed away. R.I.P. Oh, man. Oh, man. The, uh, his delivery of certain things where, whether it's, like, his sweating... That's an, he's the other character, yeah. like Linus, where he adds tension to the movie, where he knows that the case on top, of, and he's watching it on the security tape, he's just sweating bullets, man. Yeah. It makes me so nervous. I'm like, oh man, I hope everything's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that uh, after, uh, I always want to call him Riley, after Rusty, like, mm-hmm. gives him the pitch, like he whispers in his ear, you don't hear it. As he walks away, you immediately see him like grab his stomach because of the ulcer. He yeah. just looks like he's in pain, but he knows he has to join. Right. <laughs> I love that he's on the uh, the scene where he gets introduced in that scene where Brad ropes him in at the uh, horse racing track. Yeah. He They have this really funny bit where, again, this movie's so subtle with its comedy in certain points. The horse he says he's betting on says that he says it breaks late. And they actually added in post a horse way behind the pack so when they all cross the finish line there's this horse that runs fast that's so far behind and you just know he's staring looking at the track like damn it (laughs) (laughs) the uh don Don cheadle basher yeah which what what an accent fun fact i love the fun fun fact me with it uh when you first are introduced to basher and he's uh, blowing up that safe with two other guys. Mm. One of those other guys is Steven Soderbergh. 
How about that? It's a cameo. He always nice. makes a cameo in his movies. That's cool. Yeah. I would do the same thing. Yeah. I could see Especially that. if it's this cool of a movie, man. <laughs> um, Don Cheadle's great in this movie. Yeah. He, what, yeah. Was this one of his... Was Hotel Rwanda? Because I know Hotel Rwanda was his first big movie, right? I think this was his biggest movie at the time. He had a, a smaller role in Rush Hour 2. <laughs> but, I mean, Ocean's Eleven is Ocean's Eleven, you know? So... Yeah. I mean, obviously now he's the lovable uh, war machine in the MC movies, so he's done well for himself over the years. Wait, I think that's Terrence Howard. Oh no, they didn't tell you, they actually recast Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle. What? It happened in the first Iron Man movie. Where have I been? I gotta catch up in those Marvel flicks. <laughs> he's the explosive, the pyrotechnic, if you yeah. will. He, he knows the ins and outs of like the mechanical inner workings, and so, again... Every heist movie has one. And so he plays him very zany mm-hmm. and with an accent that I have no opinions on. Uh, I just like the fact that he's always like telling people off and throughout this whole movie, every scene he's in, he's just like, like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, he's always a little crabby. There is another, he has one, again, the subtle comedy in this movie where he's talking to Rusty Ryan in Chinese, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Brad Pitt understands him flawlessly, right? Yeah. And so in that scene in the background on the same couch, Don Cheadle is just looking back and forth between the two of them. So He's confused. like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. Rusty Ryan is so cool that he can speak Chinese now, He speaks too. every language. He probably does, dude. Oh, He's got to pull off this many heights. Scott Cannon and Casey Affleck as yeah, the Malloy twins. They have, a, Virgil. they have a great line I wrote down. That talk was, about talk about banter, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna drop you like third period French. That's oh, dude. They open with that too. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny, dude. I don't get why there are certain movies. A lot of them. I I was praising the year 2001 for movies, but there's a lot of movies from that year that are dated. Uh, but this one, especially with the comedy, plays just as well today as it did back then. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that has to do with it, a lot of it having to be humor based off the camaraderie and the chemistry between its characters. Movie does that so so well. So yes. yeah, Eddie Jeminson. Oh, Radio Shack. Radio Shack. <laughs> That's what they call him in the his, movie. His name is Levingston Dell, which is funny. His Dell, yeah. but hey, Radio Shack, relax. That line cracks me he's, up. He's he's the third in the in the trilogy of characters that just make me nervous and are yeah. extremely nervous throughout the movie. You can't the movie does that well where you can't have too many cool cats running around knowing with the utmost confidence that things are gonna work. So you got Linus, you've got uh, Carl Reiner, Carl Reiner as Saul, and then <laughs> Livingston Dell <laughs> as the last one. Just like. The amount of sweat the man produces oh, yeah. in that scene where he's trying to hack into the computer server room and then he walks out and he realizes he wiped the code on his forehead. It's just like, oh, it's a mess. Dude, come on. We're not even like halfway through the movie and you're already doing yeah. this stuff. Yeah. But then he pulls off really well of they call 911 and he like, yeah, taps in the phone. Yeah, he's ready to go. When the chips are off. down, you can count on him. He's very oh, yeah. reliable. But he's very, very wired throughout the most of the movie, just on edge completely. Yes. Which makes for an entertaining movie. Shabo Quinn as the amazing Yen. Yen Chang. What three movies has he been in, Wes? Um, Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12, and Ocean's 13. <laughs> We're not kidding. <laughs> no, These yeah. These are the three movies he's been in, so... Gold star for him, though. Oh, the he's so good. The physicality of the performance. He's so but good. But also, he, again, being able not to... He doesn't have a lot of lines, but the the <laughs> the body language of his character says a lot, a lot of time, where he's just fed up with these guys. He just wants his paycheck yeah. a lot of time. And he arguably, out of all of them has the hardest job in the heist, where he has to be stuck in this cabinet for half an hour, essentially, break out, flip, set the charges, and then basically gets blown up, and he's like, what the <laughs> f- is going on? There's a throwaway gag with him that I love. It's when they're tra- they're driving away, and, and the car door slams on his hand, oh, and he's I- just going, ah! <laughs> it's a really funny face. <laughs> that cracks me up. Which, yeah, no, that... that Scene as much as I, if I have a least favorite thing in this movie, it's the 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 pinch, if you will, as Basher calls mm-hmm. it, the bomb that's gonna shut down the electricity for like the block and a half or or like the yeah. whole thing. 
Uh, I don't like the MacGuffin. How it's introduced, though, they don't waste time with it. And then in that scene, yeah. you get a lot of... You get the twins bantering. It's like... That's like peak Ocean's Eleven right there, where you've got Rusty and Danny going in to take this thing. You've got the two drivers just... All they have to do is sit there in the van. And mm-hmm. they're arguing so much that Matt Damon's character gets out, can't take it, runs inside. They immediately <laughs> open the doors, yeah. wheel it out successfully. And then they're Matt playing Damon 20 questions in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's great. And then they get in a fight. Which like, is exactly what yeah. brothers would do. Brothers would get in a fight over a 20 questions yeah. game. <laughs> I can see you and Mikey being yeah, in that I'm situation. I'm sure we have. Oh, 100%. It looks like your Morgan van. I mean, the ones that... Your mom had that white van? I don't know. This is lack of sleep, Daniel talking. Just the one guy I, I feel like has a good like beat for beat comedy moment. He's only moved for like two seconds, but Bulldog the Bruiser, uh, Scott Schwartz is the guy who plays him. He's just that big guy that comes in and Danny Ocean paid him off to fake beat him up. Yeah, here's my there, beef. Like, this <laughs> movie ought to be called Ocean's 12 because this guy. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Yes. This guy ought to be in the should game. be Ocean's 12. Oceans 13, Oceans 14. Yes, it should. He should be a part of it. I love this guy. I don't know what what else he can contribute, but I'm not going to sell him short. I'm no. not going to underestimate the guy. Okay? They ought to give him at least a thousand. Oh, they, they paid him off. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. much he got, but I'm sure he got more than a thousand. Oh, really? One I thing forget. I will say about this movie is when I was younger, I was very confused because I was a dum-dum. But <laughs> they say... Of course, they're going to rob three casinos. So cool, right? And I'm like, guys, they only robbed one casino. Yep. Where's the other two? I want to know. And I thought for the longest time before I saw Ocean's 12 and 13, I'm like, oh, because it's a trilogy. They're going to rob the other two casinos in the other movie because I was an idiot and wasn't listening because on a fight night, all the money from the casinos go to that one casino yes. because that's where the fight's happening. Duh, mm-hmm. nine-year-old Wesley, you idiot. Don't know no. anything about casinos, because why would a nine-year-old know anything about anything, much less a casino? Don't beat yourself up. Like, when I first watched it again after not seeing it for years, I was like, three casinos? They go three different ones? <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's a lot different than I remember. So nine-year-old Wes is on par with his film analysis as 19, 20-year-old Daniel <laughs> So let's talk about the plot. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I got some more quotes too, if that's okay. We're not there yet. Sorry, save us. Sorry, buddy. It's not in the rules. Wes, dude, if we're gonna if we're gonna be jiving and driving, we need to go to the beat of our You're drum. Right. The beat of this drum. You're right. Is what's the do? Was what he snacking? And also, was he a snack? Let's just get this one out of the way really quickly. Was he a snack? Yes. Got the suits, got the swag, mm-hmm. good. Done and over with. The do, okay, well, think that whatever. Classic buzz, that buzz blonde, it's clean, it's neater, it's nice, okay? Those two categories out of the way. Because yeah, what we need here. to talk about right now is was he snacking? <laughs> yes, he was! Every scene, he's snacking. And there's what makes this beautiful chef's kiss is that there's a reason behind his eating. Do you know this? He's a hungry boy? He is a hungry boy, Daniel, but let me tell you why. What makes it great is that it was planned out. So the director and Brad got together and were like, Rusty Ryan, he doesn't, he does, he's got no time. He's got no time to eat. He's too busy. So what do you do when you're too busy to eat a full meal? What do you do, Daniel? You snack. You snack your heart out, man. <laughs> Brad Pitt is Rusty Ryan in this movie. Are you going to list off the things are he you, eats? Are you ready? Oh, Because yeah. there's... I've got a bunch listed, okay? And Let's people might think, if you haven't seen the movie, you might think this is <laughs> over-exaggerating, but in almost every scene in the movie, when he's on screen, he is snacking away. We've got bar snack mix. We've got cotton candy. we got a lollipop. we got a fruit cup. we got a salad. we got a shrimp cocktail, a cheeseburger, nachos, and ice cream, ladies and gentlemen. This is the snack, like... Just buffet throughout this entire movie. Is, yeah. Is the, the ice cream at the racetrack with the horses? No, that's the fruit cup. That's a fruit cup. Yeah. Okay. I was trying to Ice cream is towards the beginning, I think, when he's waiting for Tess. Or that might You're be a right. lollipop. There's a lot. I, I try to keep track. Yeah. I know the cheeseburger is obviously at the end. Mm-hmm. And then the bar snack mix when he's teaching Linus. And there's something inherently cool about Brad Pitt just leaning up against something snacking on a hamburger. Which is what I feel like. 
I thought for the longest time, but then next thing you know, I've got the quarantine 15, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't be snacking. Yeah. Oops, a daisy. <laughs> if I had played this role, you'd see a big belly roll and <laughs> mustard dripping down my shirt. <laughs> it's not a pretty sight. So snacking, thousand percent. I'm worried that I'm 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 hopefully optimistic or or carefully optimistic, I should say, about the rest of these movies because I know this is like the the pinnacle of snackage from Mr. Brad here. I'm excited to pick out movies where it's used a little bit more yeah. subtly and not throughout the whole movie. Because there's this one was, I'm this thinking was a of. feast for the eyes and for Brad, yeah. a feast for him as well. But there's one I think in my mind that I know has a lot of snacking yeah. as well, but this is the pinnacle. And the rest of the movies I know he has at least something, I think. But we'll mm-hmm. find out. We'll find out. We'll get so there. So excited to see him snacking th- his way through oceans. Yeah, let's talk about some quotes. I Potent got, quotables, baby. I got one at the... George and Brad talking about a guy that they know who died. It's how did he die? Skin cancer. She sent flowers. I dated his wife for a while. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, sick wow. burn. One of my favorite ones is we kind of talked about it before where George Clooney makes a speech. Brad's like, you've been practicing the speech. But way towards the end, I don't know, the way he says it is Danny's talking to Benedict as he's about to leave, and he's like, I know a guy. And Benedict's like, you know a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, of course he does. He's been to prison. (laughs) I like when George is given, like, the speech to everybody around the pool, like, giving just the lowdown and the heist, and then he says, if that doesn't seem like your kind of vodka, no hard feelings. (laughs) Classy. Your type of vodka. (laughs) I gotta start using that. I like the every line between, like, the brothers. When they yeah. bump into each other at casino and they drop the balloons, they're like, where do you think you're going, pal? What do you, who are you calling pal? Friend? Who are you calling friend, buddy? Who are you calling buddy, jackass? Yeah. Like, this is great. They're into it so well. Yeah. Every time they argue, I'm just like, yeah, that's perfect of what brothers would be. I wrote down a quote, but I forgot who said it, and I didn't say who that's said okay. it. That's okay. We might be able to guess. This is kind of fun. If you ever ask me that again, you won't wake up the following morning. That's Saul. <laughs> okay, I <laughs> thought... Because he's like... Brad, oh, yeah, Brad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad says he's like, hey, you know, if it's too much for you, you might want to sit it out because Saul's a lot older than the rest of them. Yes. And then, like, an old, like a grumpy old man, he's just like... Ask me that again, you won't wake up the following morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It means business. Saul's in it for the long haul. Dude, final thoughts on this movie, man. What a movie. What a this movie. Popcorn a... flick. Heist movie checks all the boxes for Wes. This is such a basic take, but if you're just ever home on a Friday night, oh, dude, make yourself yes. some popcorn, sit on the couch, prop your feet up. You had a long day at the office, you're tired. Watch Ocean's Eleven. It's easy watching, but the more you watch it, it's rewarding too. Yes. It's, it's not mindless. It's not mindless at all. Yeah. That's a perfect way to describe it, Daniel. It's like we were talking about the humor and the characters throughout this movie. It is put together meticulously in a way that is extremely entertaining on several different levels. So you don't get yeah. bored when you want to watch Ocean's Eleven again and again and again. And it's self-aware in the fact that you're like, these guys know they're cool. Oh, yeah. But not in a way that you're rolling your eyes at it. Exactly. No, yeah. perfect It's analysis. a perfect perfect balance. Yeah, the, as all things should be. <laughs> yeah. Shay walked in when I was rewatching again, and it was that vodka line, you know, mm. your type of, and she kind of rolled her eyes. And I was like, that's kind of the point, is it's so slick and cool that you kind of want to roll your eyes, but at the same time, you're like, it is pretty cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd, I'd rally casino. I know. <laughs> Dude, I think I've got to give this one bagels wise, I got to give it a 10, right? I have to. I'm giving it a 10. What are, you, are you with me on a 10? Yeah, a 10. 10, yeah. Think we should give it one more? You think we gotta give it one more? Alright, let's give it one more. Baker's, Baker's dozen. dozen. Wow, guys. What a ride. <laughs> Third one of the year. What a jiving episode this was. What a movie. <laughs> what, a pic- what a picture. <laughs> what a picture. I just wanna. I just watched this in preparation for the episode. And I want to watch it again. You I know? would totally turn it on right it's now. It's the most rewatchable movie of all time. It's on that list. I don't know if it's overall or how I feel, mm-hmm. you know, as more movies come out. But and yeah. it, again, as a rewatchable scale, this might seem weird because we gave it a Baker's Dozen. I'm going to give it an If It's On because, because, because 
if this movie is on, if I even hear music that sounds like this movie, if I see you have a Papa Loves Mambo, oh anything, it's like <laughs> oh, well I guess I'm watching Ocean's Eleven for the rest of the movie, no yeah. matter if it's five minutes in or fifty minutes. You in. have I'm to. My butt's glued to the seat. I'm like and that soundtrack is so cool. We didn't talk about that soundtrack, mm-hmm. but I've saved on Spotify and I. Sometimes if I'm walking into work, if I need to pick me up, I'm Dude, playing it. Yes, a little less conversation. Oh, <laughs> yeah, great soundtrack. Or no, you give it rewatchable. Oh, seek it out. Seek it out. Yeah, seek it out. Um, as compared to our other Baker's Dozen movies, Mad Max: Free Road and Spider Verse, mm-hmm. just as rewatchable as those. Hundred yeah. percent. And that's the thing. That's what's great about these Baker Dozen movies is they don't need to be extremely rewatchable, but. I think that kind of, it doesn't hurt the movie, not at all, not one bit. But yeah, guys, so if you haven't seen Ocean's Eleven, it's a big Baker's Dozen thumbs up from both Daniel and myself. Thanks for listening to our Pit List series. And uh, yeah, let us know some more of those suggestions you've got. Have you mm-hmm. been jiving and driving around? Maybe listen what you to been jiving to? Maybe some Bagel Boys, hopefully. Maybe. Are people know. are people listening to Bagel Boys while they drive? I, I don't know if I would listen to us while we drive. Would you? I do in my vetting process. Well, but that's yeah. just... That's, that's me. That's I'm, you. I'm working. I'm on the clock at that point, trying to make sure that there's no hiccup slips or tomfoolery that makes it into the that's episode. Right. <laughs> like, this is an all just a bunch of tomfoolery. Like, like, we didn't talk about John Wick 3 for 10 minutes in our <laughs> Snatch episode. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Um, let's... You want to rank it? Oh, yeah. It's, okay, so... Oceans... Has to, yeah, Oceans is number one now. I'm sorry to Fight Club. Fight Club's great, but Oceans takes the number one spot. I would have to say Fight Club and Oceans technically are in the same level for me. Sure. But I'm going to give Oceans the number one spot just because I think it's more rewatchable than Fight Club. And I hope people know that uh, this this pit list that we're ranking, we're trying to go off of strictly, not necessarily just Brad's performance, but overall and how that meshes with the movie what he contributes and whatnot so take that take the list more with a grain of salt than anything else because mm-hmm. or a, a a boulder of salt i don't know a boulder of salt should, how confident should i be in this list now that we're absolutely you should be as confident three movies deep oceans fight club snatch yes even S- though same. yeah the bagels don't won't necessarily match up down the line i think but yeah this mm-hmm. is gonna be this is gonna be fun as we get into the more favorites of ours personally and yes. disagreements we might have but yeah oceans 11 love it i don't think there's anybody i wouldn't recommend it to that's that's the thing. That's the kicker for me is if there's a movie that I can recommend to literally anyone, that's it's an auto Baker's dozen pretty much. And so Ocean's Eleven checks all the boxes, plays its hand, wins the money. Oh, you're making little poker puns. Oh, I see what I did there. <laughs> oh man. If people are still listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. What are for... we talking next week? Is it uh I don't want to say it because I want to get it wrong because I can't keep this list in order. I want to say explicitly to you on mic again that it is literally just in chronological order. <laughs> I, know it, I know it is, but I can just never remember what comes next. Deadpool 2? <laughs> oh, that's what you pulled up. Next up is Troy. What a big movie for our boy Brad. And I got to say, I've never seen this movie, guys. No? This will be my first time oh, watching it. Oh, a Bradley blind spot for Daniel. A Bradley blind spot, yeah. Say that three times yeah. fast. This say that one time. <laughs> yeah. This movie's, what, three and a half hours? Yeah, and I accidentally, in our little sphere of things where we're watching it, is the director's cut, so it's longer. It's longer than three and a half? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. It's the director's cut's three and a half. Three and a half for the director's cut, I think. Oh, yeah. boy. Or it might be 316, something like that. But it's over yeah. three hours for sure. Yeah, West, you've watched it already. This Correct. one, yeah, this one I'm excited to talk about because this is uh, Brad's, this is like a Brad Pitt movie where if, when Troy came out, just from what I remember, I didn't see it in theaters what year it came out? 2003? I think it was eight. I think it was eight. Yeah. Four years. Uh, 2004. I was eight years old at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. No. It's one of those things where every poster I saw was like, oh, Brad Pitt and Troy. Troy with Brad Pitt. It's, you know, mm-hmm. kind of tied together. Whereas Ocean's Eleven and the other movies we kind of talked about, it's kind of like the themes of the movie or the cast of the movie. This one's Brad Pitt. Yeah. Is Troy. <laughs> Even though he's Achilles in the movie. And every big movie star, I feel like, has to do a sword and sandal. 
kind of we'll talk some swords and sandals so this is his venture into that realm so yeah get excited for troy get excited for oceans 11 and tell us your favorite 2001 movie i'm curious was it spirited away was it monsters inc was it shrek was it everybody's favorite movie osmosis jones Daniel, no, no. Was it Spy Kids, the 2001 Robert Rodriguez family picture with Juni and Carmen Cortez? Or was it the freaking best movie ever made? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. A Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger? Who can forget Oreck von Lichtenstein, Daniel? I'd just say Monsters, Inc. is probably my favorite of that No. No? It's Knight's Tale. Take that back. right, I'm sorry. It's actually Shrek. <laughs> no, it is not Shrek. A modern masterpiece. <laughs> Tune in next week. Same time, same place. Troy. Same bagel time, same bagel channel. Adios.